Ottawa. Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. Okay, guys, welcome to the last episode of season six. Very exciting time. Thank you for sticking with us. Woohoo. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about someone that we have alluded to several times in previous episodes. We've mentioned her name. We've talked about someone who's similar to this person, but we haven't actually talked about this person yet. So without further ado, today's episode will be focusing on the Blood Countess, otherwise known as Elizabeth Bathory. Yay! Yay! Female serial killer. Up in this podcast room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm all about female serial killers, and so is Randy. And they're they're just really interesting, especially the ancient ones, because they killed so many people. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. In fact, um, Elizabeth here holds the current Guinness Book of World Records Most Prolific Serial Killer Award. They had a whole presentation, and she came, and it was really nice. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. She got like a medal. Yeah, a little medal. She was very excited. <laughs> so. She gave a speech. <laughs> yeah, because she's a vampire, so she's immortal, so she's still around. Um, <laughs> at least that's what people think, that she's a vampire. People think she's still around? Well, no. Oh, <laughs> not really. But like people have, there's, so there's a lot of legend and sort of like weird mythical lore behind Elizabeth's story, and that has to do with a lot of different Things that happen during the end of her lifetime and like directly after it. So we'll definitely talk about all of that stuff because it's really interesting. Currently, her number that people associate with how many people she's killed is 650 people. That's a lot, friends. That's a small town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a whole village of little people, little Hungarian people. Oh, no. A whole village. <laughs> yeah. So she is the original female sadomasochist and um, is also sort of like the original femme fatale character. And a lot of people think that Bram Stoker, who wrote Dracula, he took inspiration from not only Vlad the Impaler, but also from Elizabeth Bathory and sort of the legend that surrounds her. People also associate her with Lady Macbeth from Macbeth by Shakespeare. So she's kind of like this badass who everybody puts into their novels and history and all this stuff. But in reality, she killed 650 people. That's a lot of people. So she's not a badass. She's a murderer. <laughs> um, so we've talked about another famous female serial killer from around a similar time period, which is Daria Nikolaevna Saltikova. Yes. We love her. She's great. But she's also a serial killer. So much torture. There's more torture. Are you excited for the torture? We have a lot of torture in this season. Exactly. So yeah, but Elizabeth is this really interesting character. So we're going to talk about her really quick. And then I wanted to briefly say her name in Hungarian because it's really pretty. Um, Elizabeth is obviously the English version of her name, but her name is pronounced um, Erzsébet. Erzsébet. Mm-hmm. So that's the, her Hungarian pronunciation. And then Bathory is the correct way to say it. So Erzsébet Bathory. That's pretty. Isn't it? There's a Z in it. It's really cool. So I'm going to call her Elizabeth because it's just easier because I'm not Hungarian and I don't <laughs> speak Hungarian. So. <laughs> so Elizabeth Bathory was born on August 7th, 1560 to an extremely prominent family in Central Europe. So unlike our favorite 
person, Daria, <laughs> Elizabeth was extremely well-educated. She showed great scholarship in all of her studies, and she spoke, like, over seven languages, including Hungarian, Slovak, Greek, and German. She did a little bit of Latin. So she's really intelligent. She's got it going on. Daria couldn't write anything. <laughs> she was illiterate. <laughs> so, sorry, Daria. Well, she didn't have the opportunity. No, no, she did not. She was kind of treated like an idiot her life, whole life, which is unfortunate. So... Just a brief on European history. There's a lot of inbreeding happening in Europe right now. So there are a lot of bloodlines that are sort of interlinking themselves to become this like epic noble ruling family. Um, an example of that is the Hanover family, which would rule over Europe in the 1600s, 1700s, and 1800s. The Hanovers would like marry into the English crown. So Albert, who married Queen Victoria, was a Hanover from Germany. Oh. Yeah. So they kind of ruled for a really long time. <laughs> and inbreeding just basically means you marry your cousin. <laughs> I think people know what inbreeding means. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to say that. So... So Queen Victoria married her cousin, like I said before. So technically, the current Queen of England is the result of inbreeding. But she seems okay to me. Yeah. I like her. I like Elizabeth II. She seems to be doing great. She's really kicking it. Like, she's just... She's old. Yeah, she's doing the but thing. But she's getting stuff done. Exactly. Maybe it's a benefit. No, it's not. You <laughs> so, don't know that? Um... Well, we do with, we do with Elizabeth, that's for sure. So, she was a member of the Bathory family, which was a, again another extremely prominent family at the time. And so, in order to consolidate all of their wealth, families would marry into the same family just to keep everything together. They were very selfish people. They don't want to share. No, they don't want to share with anyone, which is exactly why the bourgeoisie existed. But anyway, so the reason why it's important to pay attention to the slight inbreeding issue is that <laughs> Elizabeth herself, her parents were directly related to each other. So technically, she is also the result of inbreeding like the current Queen of England. <laughs> um, so it's just important to know that because a lot of people insinuate that the reason she went insane and kind of had the sociopathic tendency was because she was a result of two cousins getting married to each other. I feel like that's an extreme assumption. Like, it she's going is. to murder 650 people. Because her parents were cousins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the current Queen of England, as far as I know, hasn't killed anyone. She's fine, yeah. So, like, what the hell? <laughs> so, um, Elizabeth grew up in a very similar society to Russia at the time. Um, so if you want to learn more about how servants were treated or anything like that, you could go back and listen to our Daria episode because we go into a pretty in-depth uh, look at how servants were treated um, in Europe at the time. So according to Hungarian law, though, there was a slight discrepancy between the two and the workers were seen as property, but... They could leave the estates. They weren't like, you didn't have to forcibly be there. But if you worked there, you were treated like property. So you basically, you paid for your room and board by working and you didn't get anything else from that. So you'd be paid through the estate and you'd get housing through the estate, but you wouldn't really get paid for anything else. So you wouldn't have any like extra income or anything like that. You literally were just like part of the atmosphere. So slavery was also largely connected to Christianity as well during this time period in Central Europe. Enslavement was thought to be an easy way to convert the masses of people to Christianity because you had to be the same religion as the person who was residing 
over the estate. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, so Christian leaders in the Catholic Church were huge advocates of slavery. Right. Under, like, on the underbelly. Like, it wasn't like an obvious thing. They were like, enslave everyone. But, like, they kind of were at the same time. Because it was easier to make people do what you wanted and to believe what you wanted. We Spain did this in Mexico. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it's basically like forcible conversion and it worked for controlling large amounts of people. What if you were just like, no, that's not my religion? Yeah, no. What would they um, do? They'd probably kick you off of the estate and then you'd have to like live on the streets and not belong anywhere or you'd have to leave the country. I mean, people could even kill you, which we see happening here. A lot of servants were brutalized because... They weren't seen as people, so they were just assets to the estate, and if they didn't do their job, then their masters would beat them senseless because they weren't doing what they needed to do. So it's it's like a broken machine. You know how you like hit a machine to make it work again? That's kind of the mentality here, which is pretty terrible. But Elizabeth would have been surrounded by this, just like Daria was. In addition, in Europe... Public executions were like a pastime for noble families. So Elizabeth probably would have gone and watched several public executions when she was a child. So she was exposed to this at a very early age. And we already know that she has this high intelligence level, is a little bit kind of, I don't know, immune to what's going on around her. She sees it every day. It's a normality. The cocktail that we have created here is a sociopath, friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this is the environment that we have Elizabeth growing up in. In addition to her being extremely intelligent, and people know this and are advocating for that, Elizabeth was seen as this extremely beautiful young woman. So she was sort of the definition of what Central European beauty was at the time. She had dark black hair, really pale skin, and like dark, deep, inset eyes. And I have a portrait of her, which is one of the only like surviving portraits that we have of Elizabeth that's like fully confirmed. And her face is sort of like deadpan a little bit. But this is kind of um, if you guys want to look it up, I can absolutely post it on the Instagram for everyone. But she sort of is the traditional style of beauty in Europe at the time. She just has that sort of like, I don't know, pre-Victorian, pre-Edwardian look to her. So... She's getting a lot of attention for this. People are paying attention to her intelligence, her beauty, and they're boasting her up and putting her up as like the spectacle to stare at. Everybody's advocating for her success in life. And she gets married at 14. So one of the like biggest things for women to do in this time period was to get married to someone and to make a ton of money. So she gets married at such a young age because she's so viable and people want her to be integrated into their family. She Uh was not in like she didn't marry anyone she was related to, but she married a guy and I may say his name wrong because it's Hungarian, but I'm going to call him Fernek Nazdi. (laughs) or nasty nasty no it's not it's kind of it's it's like nasty but it's like it's like nad aside a little bit i don't know i don't just call well i'm just gonna call him for so so the two get married on may 8th 1574 and there's like this three-day party that happens a lot of stuff a lot of drinking it's great and then at the end of this three-day period for gives elizabeth a castle in what is now currently Slovakia. 
Oh. Yeah. Where she murders a bunch of people? Yeah. Yep. You got to have a castle if you're <laughs> like, a female serial killer. Yeah, right? You know, a lot of walls. You don't hear a lot of screams. It's made out of stone. It's useful. So the castle came with the surrounding 17 villages. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, that was the addition. It's like, okay, so we have this castle here. Just like the, I'm just like, this is the realtor. Okay. So we have this castle here. This one comes with like four villages, but we also have this castle here, and this one has 17 villages. And I know that's a lot, but like the price is so low right now. This is such a deal, you guys. You have to close on this. And that's what they did. So they closed on this house. <laughs> you can murder all of these people. Yeah, you'll like, have a great time. You're totally in control of this. So yeah, <laughs> the castle unfortunately no longer stands as it once did. It was built in the 13th century. It used to be um, a border castle between Hungary and what is currently Slovakia. It, it wasn't called Slovakia. It was called Slovakia at the end of World War II. So that's, yeah, that's why I'm saying that. It's kind of in ruins right now. I have a picture of it. Do you want to see? Yeah. A picture of this castle. So it's on a hill. It's a little creepy. It is really creepy. In the dark, it looks even more terrifying. Um, but I'll definitely post a picture of the ruins for you guys. It definitely looks haunted. 100% oh, there's haunted. There's like 1,000 ghosts in there. So much. So the couple start off their life, and they didn't really see much of each other because Fernick was a military guy. So he was often off working with the military, and the couple actually wouldn't have a child until 10 years into their marriage, which was quite a long time to wait for a kid. And a lot of people were worried that Elizabeth was infertile, but because Fernick didn't divorce her, which for a female to be infertile, was grounds for a, a man to divorce her. So they didn't do that. They just, like, didn't see enough of each other to, like, copulate, I guess. <laughs> um, but they would eventually have four children during their marriage. They're not really important. Does they're... she murder them? No, they live. So Elizabeth and Fernek were kind of cut from the same cloth. Fernek had a level of bloodlust himself. He was into war. He loved battle strategy. He loved killing people. And there was a conflict in the 1590s called the Long War between the Hungarian Empire and the Ottoman Empire. And this would kind of he, I don't even know how to, he's just a bad guy. Okay. <laughs> and he's very inhumane on the battlefield. So obviously, if you're like killing people with swords, it's not going to be that great. But he does things that are not what you normally do to the enemy. And he does this quite often. So he earns the nickname, the Black Knight of Hungary. Because people were terrified Ooh, of him. The, that's creepy. Yeah. The Ottoman Empire was so afraid of this person because he would literally, like, gut people. It was just, it was insane. He's just not good. He would, like, torture people on the battlefield. Well, they sound like a perfect match. Don't they? How cute. <laughs> I know. A little torture couple. <laughs> so compatible. Yeah. They're literally like the Macbeth family. It's hilarious. So... In addition to um, Fernek getting this lovely moniker from the Ottomans, he's also becoming extremely wealthy because he's winning a lot of battles for Hungary and is allowed to loot the Ottoman Empire after they've gained ground or whatever. So he brings back all of this money and treasure and um, these antique things, and they're selling them and making, like, a ton of money. They own, like, seven castles it's and how many villages? Like, at least 35. At least. Like, at least. I don't know if, like, 
Yeah, a lot. A lot of villages. <laughs> so many. They were so rich that the Habsburg family, which is another very famous European family, would ask them for money constantly. And the king of Hungary at the time borrowed money from Fernek and Elizabeth as well. So they've got everybody in their pocket. So they're basically ruling the country yeah. at this point. Like, they could do whatever they wanted. They could fly under the radar because the king owed them money, and they can pull up that debt anytime they mm-hmm. want. So it was just something that they dangled over his head. And they also probably felt really invincible at this time, too, because, I mean, not only do they have wealth over the king and over some of the most powerful families in Europe, Fernek is, like, one of the most feared military leaders at this time period. So they've got a ton of stuff backing them up. And people were so afraid of them. I would be afraid of them. Yeah, I mean, they have literal, like, fear. Yeah, of, like, literal fear. violence mm-hmm. and also power. Yeah, exactly. So another just great environment for young Elizabeth who gets married to this person at 14 to experience. Yeah. So... That's, That's a great. really great socialization. She's really probably going to turn out really normal. Yeah, totally. No. The couple <laughs> brings out the worst in each other, honestly. So Fernick would actually encourage Elizabeth to be violent with her servants. And while he was off being inhumane on the battlefield, Elizabeth would, like, do terrible things to their servants. So instead of, like, I don't know, being like, oh, we're looking at the moon at the same time. How cute are we? They'd be like, oh, we're killing the same person at the same time. We're killing people <laughs> at the same time. So that's kind of how they were cute about things. And um, <laughs> Ferdak would teach Elizabeth tricks about how to torture women, including placing a piece of cloth covered in oil between someone's toes <gasps> and then lighting it on fire. What the Yeah, hell? while holding them down. And he called this star kicking. What? Isn't that weird? Yeah. So oh that my sounds God. terrible. Have so you seen would... Natural Born Killers? No. Kind of reminds me of that. Like a modern day version modern of them. Modern day, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so they're they're <laughs> lovely. So in addition to Fernak in, like, introducing Elizabeth to these weird tortury things, he would bring back torture devices from his travels with the uh, military, like gloves that had spikes on them that you would use to literally slap someone and rip off their flesh while you did it. Why are you smiling right now? <laughs> because because your face. Smile. <laughs> well, you reacted really great, and I thought it was hilarious, and so I smiled. <laughs> you guys can't see her face, but it was like, oh my god. Like that. That's what it was. Ouch. Yeah. So, so stuff like that. And then um, she would use them on their on their service. Okay. All of I these things. Like he's the real culprit here. Well, yes. Well, I mean, like he kind of started everything. I yeah. do blame him in a large part, but she wouldn't actually murder these women. She would just torture them. There's someone else that would pop on along and this other person would be the one to introduce the murder aspect okay, for Elizabeth. So we'll talk about them in a second. The book that I read about Elizabeth, I think kind of summed it up in a really great way. And it said, Fernek was a fount of inspiration for an impressionable young sociopath like Elizabeth. Yeah. So I think that's pretty good. It sounds pretty like it. Yes. And the wonderful person who introduced the love of murder to Elizabeth 
shows up in 1601 as a companion, and Elizabeth would invite Anna Darvulia to the castle, and she would participate in the torture, but then she would say, what if we just finished the job? And it gets, yeah. And with that lovely picture (laughs) in mind, we're going to end part one, and then in part two, we're going to talk about the actual torture. So get ready. Woohoo! <laughs> finger finger guns. guns. They didn't have guns. But anyway, get ready. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye!